You're listening to Barbells, Boot Camps, and Banter, the official podcast of athletic-based training. We'll chat all things health, fitness, and probably some shenanigans along the way. I'm your host, Crystal Blank, owner of ABT and part-time Olympic weightlifter. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, people? Welcome back to the podcast. Got a great guest today. The um, podcast. The podcast. Got Teddy with me, as usual. Hello. But before we get to that guest, just want to remind everyone, subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you're listening to, whether that's on Apple, CastBox, Anchor, um, or anywhere, anywhere else that we're unaware of. And please keep up with that feedback. Uh, throw questions in the box. I'll keep throwing them up on Instagram and Facebook from time to time. So those questions definitely do help us out. Also, I mentioned this before. Um, if you have a good story, something that you think people will enjoy, hit us up. Uh, we'll just have a conversation and we'll go from there. And that's basically what happened with uh, this next guest. He's a personal training client of mine. And we were talking about the triple B's and got into talking about his story a little bit and how he's done some speaking at schools and some groups and just Ori and his outlook on life. And uh, I think it's a really great story. He's got a great outlook and uh, it's actually truly, truly inspirational story. I'm sure you'll find it to be so too. Um, so without further ado, my guy, Mike Mookie Wilson. How you living, brother? <laughs> I'm living well. I'm living well. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. You know I had to open up with that. I, I did. I did. I, uh, the how you living. I like it. I like it. Uh, Teddy, thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on. And uh, happy, happy to have you, man. No, it's uh, it's nice to be here. Thank you. I appreciate it. So the background to the how you living. Me and Michael kind of talking about coming up with a new just greeting. Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> it's exactly what it is. I, I got. Uh, kind of tired of the mundane of, hi, how are you? Because I think people get the whole, hey, how are you? And it's, I'm good, how are you? Yeah. And it, it's so, just, uh, it's just, it's not fluid. It doesn't really promote conversation. I think people yeah, just, they don't even pay attention. It's literally small talk. It, it is to, to the infinite degree because, yep. you know, it's, hey, how are you? I'm good. And then you move on. It's like, did, anything wrong? But the how you live in, even if they don't respond, mm. gets them thinking, like, how am I living? Right. You know, am I living well? Am I living, you know, what's going on? I think it promotes whether it's conversation, but it promotes thought. Yeah. It's like the what's up. People are like, what's up? And you're like, good. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it, that's it, also it, just like the, the <laughs> poor response, the recall action, right. where you're just like so used to the, hey, how are you? Good, you? We're like, yo, what's up? Good, you? Wait, what? What? <laughs> it didn't go together. Yeah. That doesn't work. That one and the, the whole, it's, uh, how you doing? Ah, oh, good, I'm busy. Well, yeah, no shit. We're all busy. <laughs> like, we, we, we all got things going on. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah, that. I don't think people really care when they yeah. ask. It's just kind of this reactionary response. But again, the, you know, how you living? I, I kind of, I like that. Yeah, it's a good one. I like it. I and and, and Teddy, I have to, I have to tell you, I, I, uh, I stole or copyrighted or, or completely took uh, one of your comments from a previous podcast. What's is, that? Uh, um, being a good human. Yeah. See, I think it's a perfect response. How you living? Are you being a good human? It's it's it promotes that conversation, that positive, you know, banter, if you will. Yeah, I appreciate that. Do, don't consider it stealing. Consider it a gift, man. Take it, run with it, like use it. In ten years, you'll be hitting me up for royalties. Right, <laughs> right, absolutely. Hey, if you just want to, you know, give me the royalties <laughs> anyway. There you like, go. <laughs> uh, I won't. I won't judge. No, fair enough. Fair enough. So another little fun fact 
about Mike. He's our second guest from Somerset. So Somerset takes the lead. You know, we, we got to represent guests. somehow. Small town, small population, and uh, you know, two of your two of your last five guests, roughly somewhere in there from I mean, Somerset. Two of the first, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've only had two of the first ten episodes, right, or eleven episodes. Eleven episodes. Rather. There's more of us. There's more of us around. They're, they're floating around. <laughs> That's here. like half the town, right Somerset's there. Somerset's coming for us. <laughs> <laughs> Somerset, fine town, huh? It's it is it is uh, and it's getting nicer. It's um, <laughs> from what they tell me. I haven't been back too often, but uh, oddly enough, I also take classes down the street at Cycle Bar, and um, the girl who got me into Cycle Bar and started me off is from Somerset. Wow, small world. There's a lot of Somerset people in Milford now. I I, I frequently say all roads lead to Waltham. I might have to edit that. You, you might. You might have to. Some All roads, roads lead. lead to Waltham. <laughs> the ones that don't lead through Somerset go through Waltham. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we can do that. But if all, you got to get all roads lead to Waltham with a shortcut through Somerset. There you go. Well, you got to go through Somerset to get to the Cape. So anybody who goes that way, for the most part. Speaking of small talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tangent. This is the Somerset podcast. <laughs> so I mean, so basically, what Mike? How'd you? Uh, what brought you to ABT? So, um, very long story. How long is this podcast, Teddy? You got plenty of time. I got we plenty got of time. Four hours time on this disc. I got f- sweet. That's at least four podcasts. So, all right, settle in, folks. Here we go. <laughs> um, no, I started. I came to ABT. I want to say roughly seven or eight years ago with my oldest son. Um, way back when he was uh, a little athlete, and we wanted to get him into some some agility, strength, agility, movement. He was, you know, an aspiring catcher. Um, so we came in, we did some workouts. Um, he loved it, he enjoyed it. Uh, you know, and like everything else in life, one thing happens and one thing leads to another and he gets heavily involved with a lot of stuff. And um, we kind of stopped coming, uh, not, nothing to do with performance, just, to, you know, life fills up a little bit. Um, and then a hiatus, if you will, for the past so many years and then about, Three months ago, around six months ago, seven months ago, I personally made a uh, uh, a massive focus and change in my life and in, in in what I'm eating, what I'm drinking, what I'm doing. Um, a lot of that is is life based and things that I'm going through uh, on my end. And um, about three months ago, I felt I needed to add in some type of strength performance aspect to what I was doing. And uh, oddly enough, Chris and I have been friends on Facebook for for many years. Um, and so I hit up Chris and he responded to me. He's like, yeah, stop by. I oddly enough was down the street on an appointment and I was like, oh, swung in and, and one thing led to another. And Chris and I have been working together for the past couple of months now. Um, and it's a perfect compliment to everything else I'm doing, um, and have been doing since mid November of last year. Um, so it works out well and it fits in perfectly. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I've started seeing you around the gym too, a little bit more. So Definitely. Uh, becoming, you noticed, huh? It's, yeah, <laughs> becoming a face that is uh, part of the ABT family. You know, it's 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 nice to be here, and it's it's uh, it really is. It, you know, Chris talks about it. You guys have talked about it on a podcast as that whole family atmosphere, um, and and no uh, no bashing or no hard talk against the traditional stereotypical gym, if you will. But I'm not a gym guy, right? I don't want to go into a gym, do my rep, wipe it all down. Do another, go to the next set, do another rap. It's mundane to me. People spend more time chit-chatting and they're on their cell phones and you're not actually getting accomplished. It's more of a, it's a thing. And yep. I'm not 
part of that uh, or not interested in it. But here it's more of like a family. You're, you're in, there's a lot of encouragement. There's a lot of assistance. There's, you know, there's banter and chit-chat, but it's functional banter and chit-chat, right? You're getting sure. your, your stuff, if you will, done and accomplished. And you leave here. I mean, you spend 45 minutes here, and I feel way better than I did if I spent an hour and a half sometimes at, at, a, at a local clang and bang gym, if you yep. will. Absolutely. Your time's just more productive. It's more productive it, with that time. It is, and I think, and but I think the the family atmosphere you bring up all the time um, it lends a lot to that because I think people walking in they're comfortable. It's a non-judged uh, arena. Be careful. Yeah, that's a copyright copywritten phrase. <laughs> don't. The judgment. Don't don't. Oh 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 yes yes. I apologize. Well, I think to to your point though, one of the things that really (laughs) non criticized. (laughs) Yeah, no, we'll get sued. Oh no, we (laughs) criticize the shit out of people. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's a family after all. If you get sued, that brings some publicity. We can make it. Yeah, hey, all all, uh, advertisements, good advertisements. There you go. Right. Sure. Um, I think one of the things that makes it a little bit more of that family no judgment that just everyone welcome setting is the literal setup of the space. In a lot of those clang and bang gyms, the weightlifting area is removed off to a side. Mm -hmm. The cardio equipment is right in front, in front of the windows, in front of the mirror. The stretching area is kind of hidden in the back of the room. And, you know, you you don't really have a flow to the gym. Everything's secluded or spaced off. Whereas here, you're going to have someone deadlifting 400 pounds right at the front of the gym. And you're going to have people running laps past them on the turf, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna have a collegiate athlete doing pull-ups on a rack, yeah. and you'll have uh, you know, you doing cable pull-downs or something you know, in, in the back corner. It's, there's no way to hide. You know, everyone sees what you're doing, yep. everyone sees where you are, everyone understands that we're just here to work. There is no need to separate. Yeah. You know, and, and that literal physical set, setup helps encourage that environment. You know? Sure, no, I, I think it's, like I said, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's, you know, that, that family aspect, it, it, it all lends together, it works. Mm. It works. So a lot of my personal training clients, I know Teddy will probably say the same, a lot of the reason why they do personal training is because they're almost intimidated at the beginning by that atmosphere. No. Is that a reason why you did personal training or is there other reasons? No, I, um, I had, as you know, um, I had some superficial goals and I had some, some tangible hard number goals that I wanted to accomplish and achieve. Um, and again, I've been to the gyms, I've talked to other people, I've done, I know how, very loosely I say this, I know how to lift things and put yeah. them down, if you will. But, um, but, but I feel if I, I felt that I had a, uh, a concise direction and goal I wanted to get to, and I wanted to do it right, right? I wanted the professional uh, guidance, the professional expertise to guide me in that right direction. It had nothing to do with... Um, the visibility of it or, you know, the big, the big gym versus little gym. It really had everything to do with the fact that you and I had, a, a, you know, uh, a personal relationship, though be it, you know, we hadn't talked in, in a while before I right. walked in, but we had, we had had some connection along the way um, that I wanted that guidance and structure to get me to where I wanted to or help at least guide me to where I wanted to be. Um, and again, that's, that's, you know, the essence of what brought me in. Right. No, I would agree with you, Chris, though. A lot of people... Um, that I've spoken to do want to avoid that intimidation factor. They yeah. don't want to come into the class because they don't feel like they can keep up with the class. Yep. And honestly, I would rather have someone start with the class because we don't make it overly complicated in classes. You know, yeah. And you're going to surprise yourself with a lot of the things you can do. 
you know, and, and getting that out of the way early helps build that confidence for people to then focus on the things they want to do on a one-on-one -on -one session. Yep. You know, it's a nice counter to where if you just go into one of those box gyms by yourself, you're going to be taken back and be like, uh, what the hell do I do? Where do I'm going to just go do bicep curls because that's the only thing I feel comfortable doing right yep. now, you know? No, and, and again, there's, there's, there's that structure to it, Yep. right? So, like, I can go into the gym and be like, all right, well, it says I should do three sets. And, and, and okay, oh, I did two. Oh, I'm tired. And you kind of move out. You know, when I'm here, I know that I'm not finishing. I'm not done until Chris tells me I'm done, yep. right? So there's no, I don't want to say failure, if you will. There's accountability. But failure isn't an option. Yeah. Because there's somebody, there's somebody there. There's that accountability. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a... Um, and there's, there's also, you know, the personal assistance that you get yeah. through the trainer, you know? Um, if weights are taken by a class, like, okay, well, we can figure it out. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, we have other equipment to use. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll modify, and then we'll go back to that one at a yep. later set, yep. you know? Um, and you don't always get that in the bigger style gyms. No, you definitely don't. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of, you know, a lot of personal training, too, is where we, you know, like, we did have a relationship, but we've built a even more relationships since we've been in that. Yeah, absolutely. I know like what, how you're doing that day, you know, if something, <laughs> and you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, if we're going to push it last week, we went one RM on bench. We did. We did. It was, uh, I, I didn't come in here with the expectation of setting any type of personal goals or personal records and whatnot. And next thing you know, we're on a bench press and I, I forget how the conversation started. It was like, Oh, what was your max or my max or whatever it was. And next thing you know, we left Just here and I was, Significantly, I just kind of worked that in there. Yeah, yeah, you like that. Uh, but um, yeah, we're, we're close. We're, we hit the goal. Now, now I have I have bigger goals, but uh, you know, we'll get there before we're done. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, just goal chasing. I mean, you're definitely one of my more goal driven uh, clients. You know, that had you kind of put things out there that you want to get to. When you first came in, it was some numbers. Yeah. You know, um, you know some. You wanted your muscle mass at a certain spot. You, yep. know, you wanted your weight at a certain spot. How are you doing on those goals? Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. I think we're a little over halfway through what we uh, had put as a commitment towards you know, getting to those goals. And we're probably over halfway to the goals, yeah. if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, again, it, it all depends on what time of day you measure those, those goals yeah. and, and what kind of weekend you've just had and or. I've been um, 10 pounds heavier at the end of a day than I was <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. But uh, no, we, we are well on our way to the goals, uh, all of them, whether the, 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 the number goals, the superficial goals. But um, as far as I'm concerned, mentally, I'm, I'm far surpassing where I wanted to be anyway. So that to me is the, the most important part. Um, Mindset's a huge game. It, 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 it's everything. Yep. To me, it's, in my opinion, it's just about everything. I mean, mm -hmm. where, your, where your mind is at with what you're doing determines the direction. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Why is your mindset? You have one of the more positive mindsets out of anybody that I, I've worked with. And that's, I'm not just saying that because you're, you're sitting right here. Yeah, no. Um, where does that positive mindset come from? Um, it comes from way back. Um, I've always been uh, a fairly positive person throughout my entire life, but my, my story um, really solidified my positive attitude, if you will, and how positivity truly does make a difference. But it took a life-changing event for me to even recognize that, right? Most people go through life and they live their day-to-day -day life and they have ups and downs, positives and negatives, and never really put them to the test, if you will, 
and some you know, don't want to put them to the test. Some don't ever, the, the challenge is never present, right? They don't put themselves in front of that challenge to, to, to test it. Or a, a tragedy or an event doesn't happen. In my life, it did. And it, it brought out um, that whole positivity. It brought out that whole attitude. Um, and the background to that is I was in a, a major motor vehicle accident uh, 10 years ago. I um, flipped a car over on the mass bike and hit a brick wall prior to flipping, hit the brick wall, flipped the car over on the mass pike, and the car laid there uh, in the middle of the mass pike at 4.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday. And I was essentially dead, if you will. And I know this story because I actually met the gentleman who saved my life. So the, the background to that story is he ran up on my car, and there was a crowd of people around my vehicle, and they were all just standing there, like nothing to do. Like there's a Ford Explorer on its side in the middle of the Mass Pike at 4.30 in the afternoon, Saturday, it's pouring rain, and they're all just standing around the Mass Pike. And this gentleman ran up to my car, and he, they're like, no, there's, there's nothing we can do. And he's like, what do you mean? And they're like, no, he's, he didn't make it. And so he ran over to my car, and I don't know if I moaned, groaned, twitched, whatever I did, but I showed some sign of life. And that put him and others into action. He ended up in my car with me, um, and stopped me from bleeding out on my right arm. Um, and by the time the paramedics got there, they even told him if you weren't here and didn't do this, he would have died. Um, he probably wouldn't have made it until we, get, we had gotten here. And so they, they left him in my car with me. They took my car apart. They got me out. They brought me to UMass in Worcester because the med flight was grounded. The weather was too bad. Um, and so they got me to, to UMass and Worcester, and they began to work on me for hours and hours and hours. Uh, medically induced coma um, for about six days. I woke up from the coma, and my doctor literally looked at me, and I was intubated at the time, and he looked at me, and he goes, Michael, he goes, you've been in a very serious car accident, um, and you, you suffered some serious trauma. Mind you, I had no idea, right? I, the last thing I remember was being on the Mass Pike. And so I wake up to this doctor telling me I've suffered serious trauma. And he goes, yeah, he goes, you, you, you have no front teeth. He goes, you have a broken nose. You're missing your left ear. Oh, and by the way, we've sewn your right hand into your groin. Now, I don't know about you listeners or Chris or Teddy, but uh, when you wake up and your doctor tells you all these things and then tells you he's sewn your hand to your groin, you're having a very bad day. And at that moment in time, I had a, a choice to make. I had a direction to choose. I can either choose the what was me direction and say, oh, poop. <laughs> I effed up and, and now I'm screwed. Or I can say, okay, that's all right. It is what it is. Let, now, now what do we got to do to get through it? And that was almost my mindset almost instantly was, what do we got to do to get through this, right? I had you know, a family and I had friends and I had uh, a son and whatnot that needed me. And so instantly there was a choice made and a direction chosen. And from that point forward, I never looked back and I never changed. Um, to fast forward my story through, um, they got me out of the, obviously they got me out of the coma. They, they transported me to UMass, um, to a different room at UMass. Then they transported me to Spalding Rehab down the Cape. Um, where I was there for a week, and the woman at the Spalding Rehab Facility probably made the most proficient line that may have changed everything, is she checks me into to the rehab facility around 10.30 at night, 
And she looks at me and she goes, do you want to stand up? Do you want to walk around? Do you want to you know, do anything? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Now, mind you, I just spent 10, 11 days at UMass in Worcester. I'm now down the Cape. My hand's still sewn in my, inside my stomach. And I stand up and I'm standing next to the, to the kitchen door, to the bathroom sink. And she looks at me and she goes, have you figured out where you are yet? And I go, no. And it was a very unusual question, very random question. And she goes, you're a walking miracle. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, I've read your chart. I've seen your file. I've seen the pictures. I've read the story. She goes, I know all of it. She goes, you shouldn't be standing here, talking, walking, standing, looking at me, let alone moving. She goes, it is miraculous you are here. Um, and I obviously had never thought of anything like that before. And now that I look back at the story and I look back at it often, um, it is. There's a lot of things that have happened to me over the past 10 years that are miraculous. You know, my car accident not involving anybody else on the highway, nobody else injured, nobody else being at UMass when I got there. I've had over nearly 20 surgeries, not one single infection, not one single setback, not one single blemish on any of it. All things that probably shouldn't have happened to, to you know, um, in normalcy. Um, but the one thing that has gotten me through all of it was my attitude as, um, uh, you know, my doctors had told me. My doctors had told me, they said, listen, we wouldn't have done all these surgeries on you if it wasn't for your attitude. We wouldn't have thought you could overcome adversity like you have without this positive attitude. And, you know, to Chris's point that he raised a minute ago is, it's, it is my attitude, and it is the positive attitude that guides me daily, if you will. Matter of fact, it's tattooed on my arm, positive, have a positive attitude. Um, because I truly believe you need that to get through life and to, to accomplish anything. And I'm not the sunshine and rainbows, both smoke up your butt, positivity person. But I look at things from a glass full perspective, not half full or half empty, it's a glass full. You look at it positively and you approach and attack everything with that attitude and you can't fail, right? If you, if you approach it with the right mindset and the right, positivi right positivity, you can't, you can't fail. There is no failure in that. And so, like Chris had mentioned, I came in here goal-driven and whatnot because I positively put my mind to goals and then you do what you need to do to accomplish them. The timeline might change, but you do what you need to do. Um, it all transcends back to that, right? My, my doctors and people even asked me, were you a positive person before all this happened? I said I was, but I didn't know it, right? You don't realize it. Nothing's brought out in you. This tragedy, this accident in my life brought it out or made it, brought it to realization that I am a positive person and my positive attitude got me through my accident. It got me through my rehab. It got me through all of it. And now it's brought me here. And, you know, I, I go talk to kids at schools and I go, I've been, you know, talked to a few businesses in the past about how positivity makes a difference um, and how it can really change your life. Um, and like I said, it literally gets tattooed on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> Are there certain things, by the way, it's just, I, that was, it's, it's an amazing story. You know what I mean? It's an amazing story. Um, are there things that you tell yourself daily to remind yourself of that positivity or is it just kind of something that I know you know you said you've been yeah. a, a positive is it something that just kind of hap happens naturally or I, I know that for me there's days when I wake up in the morning and I have to tell myself like get your ass up out of bed like you know what I mean kind of I have affirmation <laughs> written on my arm to remind me every morning when I wake up someone's yeah. got a someone's having a worse day than I am right. yep. if I get to read this it's a lucky day yeah. yeah, I mean, I have a couple go-tos in my mind too. So I just didn't, you know, do you have? Yeah, there's. 
I guess at first maybe a little bit, but but what I usually tell people is, you know, people to back up a step, people think sometimes it's it's hokey, right? Oh, be positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're positive. Back to my whole sunshine and rainbows and both smoke mm-hmm. up your butt line. Yeah, it's it's not like that. It's not from the hokey sense. It's it's I get up every morning and remember and realize what I have, right? I have a second or third chance or however many chances you want to get to at this point at life, at, at, you know, at, at, at living this thing called life and getting up every day. And so for me now, it's natural, right? I get up, even if I'm having a bad day, right? Even if, it's, if, if, if something has happened, you know, last night my father on his way home, he ended up in the hospital, you know, at, at 1030 at night. My 72-year-old dad was in the hospital. This morning he's back home. He's fine. Everything's all set. But it's, it's you know, there are things that happen. But my positive mindset is you'll get through it right? It'll work. So, so for me at this point, it's become innate. I get up and I, just, I positively attack the day. As soon as I'm up, I have my routine. I do my things. But I tell people who you know, might struggle with it more, I say, listen, the simplest things you can do is when you go to bed at night, write down three things you're thankful for that day. Grab your book out and write three things. I, and it doesn't matter how stupid it is, right? I'm thankful that the cheesecake I made was good today. I'm thankful that it didn't rain. I'm thankful that my son didn't, you know, he put the seat down when he went to, the, whatever it is, you know, however, but it, it gets your mindset in that, that, uh, that train of thought. Ending the day on positive. Correct. And then you do the same thing in the morning. In the morning. Three things you want to accomplish that day. I want to, you know, make the best podcast ever. I want to hit a personal record. I want to do, you, you want to set these goals out. And at the end of the day, you look back. Okay, did I, how did I accomplish? But it's, it's training your brain to, to, to think positively. You know, I, I joke all the time, I can make traffic sound positive. You know, I, I tell people, I, I literally, I think I've told you this yeah. analogy before, I can make tra- traffic sound positive because people innately will complain about traffic. Well, odds are you're sitting in traffic for a few reasons. One, you probably left too late and you left when everybody else did, so you're all sitting in you know, traffic at the same time. Your fault, suck it up, you can't do anything about it, you sit in it. Number two, the guy at the front of traffic, the one who caused it, he's having the bad day. Not you because you're in the middle of his traffic. So let's not think about your woes and why you're in traffic. Let's think about the guy who was in the ambulance because I caused the traffic that day, right? I shut down the Mass Pike. I was the dude having the bad day. The rest of the people behind me, I feel bad for and I'm sorry, but you're sitting in traffic. Like you can't let it ruin your life. And, and it's as simple as traffic. And if you look at everything else like that, like it really isn't in the grand scheme of things that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, I, to reinforce your point about the mindset, though, uh, I've I've recently been listening to an audiobook uh, through the National Geographic Lecture Series on mindset and positive thinking, and there are actual studies coming out that having a thankful approach and reaffirming things that you are thankful for at the end of the day, beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, whenever it is, you know, having that thankful attitude as well as uh, keeping a positive outlook actually rewrites the way the way our cells are programmed, mm-hmm. and it doesn't become a uh, a forced practice. It becomes part of our DNA. We adapt into a more positive mindset, essentially, via rewriting ourselves. Yeah. We can have this. There's scientific data on this now that you can affect yourself on a cellular level by being thankful, hopeful, positive. It's not sunshine and rainbows. It's a practice, mm-hmm. but it will eventually change your being. I, I, I've never read that or, or listened it's to unreal. it. I'd be glad to get it from you. Yeah. But I, I, I believe it 1,000%. Yep. You know, like I said, it's, it's, 
it, to me, it's changed my life, right? Um, and again, back to, to, to my story for a second, my doctors even flat out told me, right? So my doctors, you know, one particular doctor even said, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're as a doctor faced with a number of cases, you, you, have, you look at them and you, you kind of try to ascertain the outcome and how this patient is going to succeed and what's going to happen. He goes, there was never a surgery I didn't do on you that I didn't think was going to succeed. There yep. was never, you know, and if, even if there was a question at one point whether or not I should do the surgery on you, um, because many of my surgeries are quite complex. My right arm is completely rewired. I have flexor tendons, extensor tendons. It's, it's a completely rewiring of my right arm. And he said, I wouldn't have done any of that if it wasn't for your positive attitude, your positive outlook. Yep. And if there's not a more affirming statement that a doctor telling you he wouldn't have done something or may have done it differently if it wasn't for your positive attitude, nothing can change your life more than that. Yeah. Right. And so I tell my kids, you can ask them all, I'm a little five-year-old. I tell my kids all the time, you just, you know, I live my life, act positive, be positive, live positive. Right. And if you follow that mantra, those words, it does. I believe, I, I fully believe that rewiring. Yeah. It becomes easier for you to have that positive outlook the more you practice it. Yep. It's not just a habit at that point. It is a Lifestyle. cellular level change you yep. have made in your body. It's, it's kind of crazy that you say it that way, and it, but it, you can feel people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I, like we've, me and Teddy have had this conversation recently and, and kind of gotten in depth about it. There, there are people that are just energy changers that walk into a room and it can go both ways. Mm -hmm. There are people that walk into a room and they don't even have to do anything yet. And the energy in the room immediately goes up. Yep. And then there's the opposite. Sure. For people that walk into a room and it's like, it just started raining inside here. Yep. You call them energy vampires. Yeah. It just sucks, sucks, it. Yeah. sucks yeah. it out. You know? Um, and, and that's, it's interesting that the whole cellular thought, you know, the, the t thought of it, cause it, it, it makes sense when you think about it that way, that that person is like a different type of being than the other person right next yeah, to you. Yeah. You call it energy vibe, mindset, approach, whatever you call it is whatever you call it, but it is the person. Mm -hmm. It is their being yeah. that can change and affect that. Yeah. No, I, and, and you and, can change yourself to those levels. Just like you said, you were always a positive person, but you didn't know it. Mm -hmm. This forced you to pull that out. It was always there. You just started practicing it in life more. And, and practicing and, and sharing it because yeah. I, I think that people, again, they, they, they dismiss it, if you will. Yeah. They, they think it's hokey, yeah. right? It's, it's cooler to be negative. It's something like that, yeah. right? It's, it's, you know, when I go talk to kids at schools, and, and literally this is the, the, the nuts and bolts of my message to the kids at schools is, is everybody's having a bad day, right? And, and nobody knows that more sometimes than the high school kids who are going through all kinds of different things with their, their bodies and their, their schools and their classes and at home and boyfriends, girlfriends. And so, but when, when it comes right down to it, you know, like you said, the energy and people, the negative people are less likely to get the support, mm. right? And so the positive people, the person who's, you know, always happy and always jovial or always smiling, they get recognized when they're not. And typically that gets them help and gets them assistance. Whereas the negative person, the, the vampire, the energy sucker might not get that as much. Mm. And you would never know when that person might really need your help. And so my message to the high school kids is I, I know it's hard, but the, the more effort you put into being positive and being the person others want to be around, the more likely you are to get the support and help when you need it mm. and you need it the most. Um, and a lot of times it does. The kids get it. They kind of look at it and like, that makes sense. 
you know, whether either one, whether it's the negative energy, you know, the, the vampire or the, the other, they, they get it. They do. They have to understand it because that kid sitting there going, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm usually the mopey, grumpy one and nobody really wants to talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I need help, nobody wants to help. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know you, we talked about obviously your major test and that was a major one. You know, I feel like there's little daily tests every day that, that people have. And obviously they're not those major ones. You know, small little case in point. Last week I was walking and I just had, I brought food in because I was going to be here all day. I had made food the night before. I got like a full, full plate, a glass Tupperware thing. And I had, was trying to carry like 10 things in at the same time. And I dropped it. Just shattered glass all over the sidewalk right out front. All my food that I made all over the ground. Now, look, I could... And that happened, I had 5 o'clock class. That happened at like 4.45. So I can like let that ruin my, the rest of my day, the first class for everybody else, or I can just be like, dude, suck it up. You can go get food down the street. It's right there. Clean this shit up and yeah. don't let anybody yeah. else know. And I, said, I think I told Teddy, I was like, two people saw me cleaning up the thing, and I said it to myself. I was like, these are the only two people that are going to know that that happened to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just going to turn this at and not, not let it affect anything else. Obviously, not a huge situation, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just my food. But it's but the point. it's daily little test that obviously you're going to have other ones that are, are much, much bigger. You're going to have, you know, family members that get sick. You're going to have... Massive car accidents. Yeah, you know? Yep. But there's little ones every single day that they it, test you. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And everybody has it. They're, you know what? More qu they're quizzes, maybe. There you go. There you go. They're, they're, not, they're, they're, they're a little, exactly. They're a multiple choice quiz. You know, did, true or false? Did you pick this one right? And, and, but what's great about that story, real quick, is did you post about it on Facebook? No. no. Did, did, you, did you tweet about it? Did you Instagram about it? Oh, drop my, drop my lunch. Oh, bad day. You didn't, did you? You didn't look for the affirmation on Facebook that you're having a good day or that, that, that this isn't the end of the world. You dropped it. The two people saw it and, and you moved on. And, and that's, you passed, right? You passed your <laughs> test, right? Because, yeah. I, not, again, I do, a lot of people are going to not like this line, but I think a lot of people use social media sometimes as the cheat book to that test, yeah. right? You got tested, and instead of going to Facebook and trying to find the answer, you, you're not, you figured it out inside, and so you passed, yeah. right? And so I think that's when you realize that You've, you've made that hurdle. You've passed that daily test. Yeah. I use a saying. Chris knows a saying. We've talked about it a bunch as well. Uh, are you going to let a bad five minutes ruin your entire day? Like you have 24 hours in a day. You have a bad five minutes. You drop your lunch. You knock it out on the floor. It's all broken. You've still got 23 hours and 55 minutes of your day. Yeah. You're going to let that ruin all 23, 55? No. No. It was a bad five minutes. Yep. It's... Um, it's Exactly right. It's, you can't let these little moments ruin everything. Um, quick side note, quick funny story to tell you how crazy I am with my, my positivity. And I think I shared the story with you the other day with um, my occupational therapist. Did I tell you the story the other day? Which thought I had brain damage? Yes. So it's a great story. <laughs> I like how this is quick yeah. funny story. Thought I had brain damage. Yeah, is it right? So I, I literally... <laughs> I was, uh, I was walking into my occupational therapist's um, uh, wing of the hospital, if you will, to get assessed mm -hmm. on you know, my case, my arm, everything that was going on. And um, my hand had just been removed from my stomach and she brings me in, she does my assessment. And um, I looked at the woman and I said, are, are you gonna be doing my case? Are you gonna be my doctor? And she looked at me and she goes, no, I'm just you know, here to bring you in and assess you and you'll, you'll be assigned a caseworker, blah, 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 blah. 
And by the time my assessment was done, she looked up at me and she goes, Michael, she goes, I, I asked me that question again. I go, what question? She goes, am I going to be your doctor? And she, I go, are you going to be my doctor? She goes, yes, I am going to be your doctor because I want to see you through. She goes, you're going to do great things. You're going to make amazing strides and improvement. And to this day, I can, we're friends on Facebook. I can still message her. I've been in to talk to a group of her patients before um, because of my attitude. Because in that short period of assessment, my attitude translated to her that it was going to be a different case. And she shared a story with me of, weeks later that shortly after I started working with her, she had to go back through my medical chart and assess whether or not I had brain damage. And so I remember looking at her and go, what do you mean you thought I had brain damage? I'm like, well, I'm missing my left ear. I've got broken nose, no teeth. I destroy, I massively injured my brain, obviously. Yeah. And she goes, no, no, no. She goes, I had to make sure you didn't have brain damage. She's like, because no normal person hobbles into my office with a hand that just got removed from his stomach, a broken nose, no teeth, and everything, and smiles when he walks in and smiles when he walks out. She goes, I literally thought there was something wrong with you. <laughs> because we would go through occupational therapy for an hour a day, and I would smile on my way in, and I would smile on my way out. Yeah. And mind you, I'm breaking scar tissue off of you know, the joints and whatnot, reworking my hand, all of it, with a smile on my face. And my doctor was like blown away that I could even do that. And again, she attests or you know, attributes my attitude, the positivity, to my success um, and recovery, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And that is something I would think you had brain damage for. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, listen, if you go, if you Dude, go. this guy's just smiling at me all the time. <laughs> he has no, no clue what's going on. Not know what I'm talking about. He's got about. no teeth. He's the happiest guy in here. And I would do a cracking jokes. I would literally crack jokes throughout the entire session. I'd get up, I'd use the bathroom, I'd come back out, and I'd be like, that paper towel dispenser is discriminatory. And my therapist would be like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I go, it says pull down with both hands. <laughs> I go, I can't do that. And she, she would just start cracking up and like there would be a bunch of people in this occupational therapy office like seriously going and struggling with stuff and we're over there cracking up jokes and laughing yeah. and she's like, this is not right. I mean, that also t ties back into the uh, rewriting your cellular level, yeah. uh, your ability to react and absorb and handle these type of situations on a cellular level because humor is a fantastic way of making big situations seem smaller. You know, it makes the worst seem a little better. Humor is, uh, in my family at least, used at funerals. Like, we reminisce and we tell stories and we laugh and we have fun with uh, the people that are still there that can have those moments with us, you know. But humor is also going to affect you in that way. When you're laughing, it's very hard to be upset. It's very difficult yes. to, to get a frown on your face when you're laughing, you know. It, yep. It's a challenge. It's like that tap your head, rub your stomach. You can't smile and be pissed off at the same time, you no, know? You, you can't. And, and to kind of tie this a little bit back to, to, to the sports aspect of it, um, it's, right, so smiling's contagious. Yep. So positivity's contagious, yep. right? The whole thing is, is can, um, contagious in volume. Mm -hmm. So to bring it back to sports, you play a home game. You're the New England Patriots, and you're playing at Gillette. Home field advantage. You have home field advantage. The game's the same. The rules are the same, the field's the same size, the sport hasn't changed. Nothing changes except where you're actually playing the game. Last time I checked, Vegas gives you, what, a half a point for being the home team sure. when you're playing a football game? So half a point, a point. The positivity in that arena is contagious throughout and transcends down to the field to the team playing the game. Yeah. 
So you can't tell me that a positive attitude doesn't make a difference in all aspects of life, including sports. Yeah. And, and as youth, youth athletes, youth uh, baseball players, basketball players, football players, playing at your home crowd, playing at BBT, St. John's, Uxbridge, hope they'll pick one. When you're playing at home and you have that energy, that vibe in your favor, it, it, it lifts you. It gives you the motivation to win. Your chances are better because you're home. The only thing different about that is the attitude of the fans, yeah. the positive attitude. And so it's, it's, it's in black and white. So to your point of the cellular level and contagious, and, and it, it's right there. And it comes all the way back to, to, the, to the sports world and the sports yeah. arena. I wish we could measure that type of energy. You know, uh, So Tesla in his day had done uh, experiments trying to measure energy levels on a deeper level because there's, there's stuff all around us that we can't see or feel. It just exists. Um, you know, radio waves, internet, you know, there's just stuff around us. And energy is on that same, same thing. There is, mm -hmm. there is an aura around people. There is a, a light, if you will, around people, and it changes per person, you know? That's just the glow from my bald head. <laughs> oh, Chris is too. <laughs> yeah, you guys are blinding me right here. <laughs> um, and, you know, there are scientists who have tried to measure this. Certain, certain minerals and chemicals will give off different energy levels, and they say energy, but you're always like, well, what do you mean? What, what's the energy they're giving off? It's a rock. Yeah. Well, it's sending out a vibrational frequency. Crystals have a resonance to them. You know, there are, there are all sorts of experiments that can be done, but energy is something we can't necessarily measure outside of wattage and power, you know, but sure. this energy we're talking about can't really be measure, measured. And I would love to, to have some sort of way to measure what a home <laughs> right. field stadium what that projection of energy from the crowd is doing and how it's being received by the literal human bodies that are executing the game. Or Ghostbusters too tried it, didn't they? I think they did. Fair. They did. Fair, yeah. The, the, the right. energy and the slime and the sewer, yeah. Yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. We've got to go talk to those guys. Yeah, exactly. Get, uh, get <laughs> Bill Murray. Get some Jackie Wilson to play. That's awesome. Do you get that right? Jackie, they played Jackie Wilson for it to keep the slime positive. And yeah. Really like Jackie Wilson. Yes, they did. Thanks for tuning in to part one of Mookie's Miracle. Stay tuned for part two next Friday. Thanks for tuning in, folks. From our pack to yours, don't just talk about it, be about it.